0: right now open them up the book of psalms go to the 121st psalm psalm 121 psalm 121 i will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help my help cometh from the lord which made heaven and earth he will not suffer thy foot to be moved he that keepeth thee will not slumber behold he that keepeth israel shall neither slumber nor sleep The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand, the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, he shall preserve thy soul, the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, and even forevermore. Our Father, I pray that you'd bless us, I pray that you would teach us this morning from your word, and I pray that we would be encouraged, and I pray that we would be moved to trust you and to follow you more, we'll thank you for it, in Christ's name we ask it, amen. Let me begin by asking you a simple question. Why are you here? Why are you here? Now, there's a multitude of answers to that question. Some people are here for this reason. Some others are here for that reason. We go through a bunch of different reasons, and they might be good. They might be valid. But the, the real reason that we should be here and the real reason we should come every time the church doors are open is uh, I need to hear from God. Okay? The reason we come to church is we need to hear from God. Okay? Why do we need to hear from God? Well, the fact of the matter is we need help. We need help all the time. Amen. In good days and bad days and every day in between, we need help. And today we come to Psalm 21 and the, the psalmist says here, here's where I get my help from. Here's where I look for my help. And the good news is the same God the psalmist looked to for help can be yours as well. Maybe you're here today and you've you don't know you're going to heaven. You don't know your sins are forgiven. You don't know that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Well, I know where you can get that help. Amen. Maybe you're here for for this reason or for that reason, other kind of help in other areas of your life. Good news is our God is a very present help in time of need. He is here this morning, and he will help you if you will listen to him through his word. God is your help. So number one, our need is help. Amen. The psalmist writes here in verse number one, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. We can get the help we need if we know the right place to look. If we know the right person to turn to, we can get the help that we want. Now, I've told you before, I teach math class to uh, quite a few of the young people here in in, in school. Every now and then, uh, one of the kids will say, Pastor, I need help. And in the nicest way possible, I I come up with the words, uh, I, I know you do, but I'm not a psychiatrist. And uh, they'll smile, and they'll ask me the question. We'll go on from there. And uh, God says, I'm here to help. I will help you. Now, there are some bad places that people look to for help. We've got to understand that. There are some bad places. Uh, President Reagan said the, uh, the most frightening words in the human, human language are... I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And uh, that's a fact. Uh, The government's not a good place to look for help. Uh, Listening to the way uh, modern man describes salvation, describes uh, the lordship of Jesus Christ, describes where we find our help is is, is not a good way to find help. One of the ways that people describe Christ and God, they will say that God is my co-pilot. Well, you know, I, I believe in God. God is my co-pilot. Well, that's a cute saying, but implies I'm the pilot. If he's the co-pilot, I'm the one in charge. Well, Well, guess what? If you really want help, you give him the steering wheel. Amen. He's the one to be in charge. He's the one who gives us direction in all of those things. Okay. Another way that man describes this idea is, is a religion is a crutch. I don't need a crutch. I'm a self made man, and religion is your crutch. If you feel like you need one, that is fine. You can go ahead and have your religion. Well, the Bible makes it clear that a relationship with Jesus Christ is not a crutch, uh, it's a wheelchair it's a stretcher. We don't lean on him. We fall on him completely. Amen. And we need to understand the difference. And we need to understand, I'm just not leaning on Christ and getting by the best I can and he's helping me out the rest of the way. No, I need him completely in every area of my life, every day of my life, every moment of my life. And I will fall on him, especially in the area of salvation. I cannot save myself. I cannot be good enough to earn heaven. I cannot be good enough to find my own way. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me, and I will take all of my faith and fall on him, trusting him to save me, and he will. In my greatest area of need, my soul's salvation, I'm just not going to lean on him. I'm going to fall on him completely. Amen. Another cute saying that we've got around today is, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Well, you know, that's a good place to start. If you're a a new Christian, if you're a new believer, if you're coming to the, the Bible for the first time, you might ask yourself, What would Jesus do in this situation? And then look to the Bible for those things. But I'm here to say that we as Christians should be so saturated with the word of God and so yielded to the spirit of God that we know what Jesus would do, and that's what we do. Amen. Now, you remember that word saturated from uh, maybe elementary school or or high school? For some of us, that was many, 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 many years ago. Remember that word saturated? The... uh, the science teacher would have a glass of water, and then they would take a spoonful of, uh, of salt or, or sugar and just pour it in there and start stirring. And what would happen to that, that sugar or that salt? Disappear. It would dissolve in that and be gone. You couldn't see it anymore. And they'd take some more and stir it up, and it would disappear. And then they take some more and they pour it in there and then d- disappear. And they would do it until they could take some in there, and it would not disappear, it would not dissolve. At that point, when it does not dissolve anymore, that water is saturated with the salt. We are to keep pouring the Word of God into us that it doesn't disappear. And keep listening to the Word of God so that it doesn't disappear. And keep allowing God to speak to our hearts so that uh, when our life gets stirred, it doesn't disappear. It is there at all times. I stand before you this morning to tell you, you can't get enough of God's word. You can't get enough of the Bible. You can't. And it needs to be so ingrained in your life, in your mind, in your heart, in your very being that it doesn't dissolve. It doesn't disappear. I've I've said on on an occasion, I I stand up here and uh, preach every message. Knowing that if you will listen to what I've got to say today, it'll change your life. That's uh, To me, that's a heavy burden. And I come in the pulpit every single week, every single time I preach, and I, I, I tell myself, if they'll listen, this will change them. If they'll listen, this will work. And what I find so very often is that it gets into people's hearts, it gets into their heads, but they go into life And it gets stirred up a little bit, and it dissolves. It disappears. But if you do it enough, it's not going to one of these days. Amen. And you need to get home, and tomorrow you need to read the Word of God on your own and put more in. Tuesday, read the Word of God on your own and put more in. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll meet together again. We'll talk about the Word of God again, and I'll come here with a message thinking, if they'll just listen to me, their lives will be changed, and it's not me. It's what God has to say in this book, from where our help comes from. But it's amazing. Like I said, I I, I come here with the thought that they'll just listen, and then it's over with when I'm done talking. And I start thinking, I gotta do this again next week. That's pretty amazing. But we need to get to the point where we know what the Bible says and we know what Jesus would do because we are saturated with his thoughts. We are saturated with his ideas. We are saturated with his very word. And that's what this book is the word of God. Amen. We don't have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Because we know. It hasn't dissolved. It is there. The true help that we talked that we talked about here, let's look at it again. Verse number one: I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Uh, interesting. When you need help. You need to go to somebody who can help you. Does that make sense? You need to go to somebody who can help you. Okay? I was uh, talking to the Sunday school class, I think it was uh, last week, if I remember correctly. Uh, I know a little bit about a whole lot of things. My mind is like that. I know a lot about a couple of things, uh, one of them being the Bible. And there are some things I know nothing about, absolutely nothing. If you need your car fixed, do not come to me for help, okay? Not a thing. If you need something fixed at your house, on your house, with your house, some construction tips, I'm not the wrong, I'm the wrong person to ask for help, but you know what I'm talking about. If you need help, you need to go to the person that will help you. Amen. Who are we told is our help here? The Lord that made the heaven and the earth. If you go to the one who created everything, you're probably going to the one who's got the most power to do, to give you the kind of help that you need. Amen. Now, he's given us three things to help us in every area of our life. These three things, I've told you before, are synonymous. They mean one and the same thing. And they are, uh, you know, what we might call code words among churches and, and different things like that. And we use them in different ways. But these three these three phrases mean the exact same thing. Because we know our God is a trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. We don't understand it completely, but he's one God revealed to us in three persons. Now he's told us there's three things that we need to go ahead and understand, and then we'll have all the help we need. The first thing is the lordship of Jesus Christ. You need to understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, what does that mean? It means He's not your co pilot, He's not your crutch. He's not simply someone to ask, Well, what would He do in this situation? He is the master of your life, He is preeminent. In everything about you. Amen. Everything. Colossians tells us that he is to have the preeminence in everything. There's a lot of people that like to to give Jesus Christ a place in their life. Oh, yeah, they'll attend church, and they'll talk about church things, and they'll get together with church people every now and then. And, and, and Christ has a place in their life. It's like getting a book and giving it a place on your bookshelf. He's one among many things that I've got in my life. He doesn't want that. Jesus Christ doesn't want a place in your life, and you will not get the help you need by giving Jesus Christ a place in your life. Other people are a little more spiritual than that, or so they think. and They give Christ a prominent place in their life. You know, they take the book of Jesus and put it on a a good place. They move it to a better bookshelf. Or better yet, it sits on their, their nightstand collecting dust all week. He doesn't simply have a place. He's got a good place. He's got a prominent place. He's not just a part of my life. He has an important part of my life, or so we like to think. That's not good enough. The word God uses is the word preeminent. What does that mean? Well, that means He's number one and the reason for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten on our priority list. He is all in all and He is everything. And if you'll start realizing and living like Jesus is everything in your life, You'll have the help you need. It will be there, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The filling of the Spirit of God. To be yielded to, to be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you received the Holy Ghost and you received all of him the moment you got saved. You will never receive more of the Holy Spirit than you have right now. There's no letting go of yourself and there's no, uh, you know, allowing him to fill you and, and, and that kind of stuff that people talk about. The filling of the Spirit of God is understanding he is there. He will enable me to do what is right at every turn. Amen. He allows me to understand the lordship of Jesus Christ and to take that to a new level in my life. Because Jesus said when he comes, he'll speak of me. And the Holy Spirit doesn't promote himself. Who does he promote? Jesus Christ. And he points us back to the lordship of Jesus Christ at all times, where we are submitted to the lordship of Christ, we are yielded to the Spirit of God, and we are, thirdly, obedient to the Word of God. Obedient to the Word of God. Who, in effect, wrote the Word of God? Who moved in uh, holy men of old as they spake out these words and wrote out these words? Who inspired the Word of God? What was the Holy Spirit of God? Who points to Jesus Christ, whom the book is all about? And when we are completely obedient to the Word of God, we'll get the help that we need each and every day. Amen. So when we are submitted to, To Jesus Christ. Yielded to the Spirit of God. And obedient to the Word of God. That's all the help that we need. It is there for us. They all mean the exact same thing. See, you can't be one of those things without being the other two. You can't be two of those things without having the third one true in your life as well. If you you truly are submitted to the Lordship of Christ, you'll be yielded to the Spirit of God, you will be obedient to the Word of God. There's no other way. You see, when you're not obe- obedient to the Word of God, you're not yielded to the Lordship of Christ, Submit to the Lordship of Christ, or yield to the Spirit of God. They all work the same. That's where our help comes from. And that's what the psalmist says. I will lift up mine eyes under the hills, From whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I look to him when I need help. I run to him when I need help. I go to him at every moment of every day and night that I need help. And he said he would help. Number two, our confidence in his help. Our confidence in His help. Once again, verse 2, my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Wow. The Lord God, the creator of heaven, the creator of earth, the creator of our universe, who spoke it all into existence, words, When God rested on the seventh day, and yes, the Bible teaches, and yes, I believe, and yes, it is true that God created the heaven and earth and all that is that in it is in six literal 24 hour days. Amen. On the seventh day, he rested. Oh, not because he was tired. He gave us an example. He spoke it into existence. That's power. That God, that Lord, that creator would rather let the sky fall and the earth perish than to let his child slip. Verse number three. He will not suffer thy foot To be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Wow. Wow. This is one of the Psalms of Ascension, it is called. It is a a, a psalm that the the, the, the pilgrims would recite to themselves as they they made their way up to Jerusalem on their annual pilgrimages. To Jerusalem, and they were ascending, and they were going up, and they acknowledged that when I am climbing up this mountain to get to uh, Jerusalem, my foot won't even slip, because the Lord God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, won't let my foot slip. Amen. That's amazing, but it's not a promise to all those who, who Just kind of have it on a plaque somewhere or a bumper sticker. It's promised to those who are submitted to the Lordship of Christ, yielded the Spirit of God, and obedient to the Word of God. They understand their help comes from the Lord. And if He is Lord, it changes everything in your life. We are assured of sure footing as we walk through this life and we are submitted to him in every way. Go to the book of Proverbs chapter number three. Proverbs chapter number three. Verse number 21. Proverbs chapter three, verse number 21. My son... Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken what's he telling us to keep with him his word wisdom from him his guidance his direction his way to go in everything and when we have his way of doing things he's not gonna let our foot slip we will not be moved amen back in psalm 21 look at verse number three and four He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. My God, my Lord, will not sleep or even get weary of watching over me, of keeping me, of guarding me of guiding me in this journey from here to heaven. He doesn't get tired of it. doesn't grow weary of it. Uh, he doesn't even show signs of that. Wow. Wow. Uh, I have his undivided attention at all times. That that truly is mind-boggling. I'm his child. He's watching over me. He's taking care of me. And at no time does he take his eye or his attention from me. I got good news for you. You too. And he can do it because he's God. We can't do it. He can. Amen. Look at verse number five. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Nothing can harm me while the sun shines. How long does the sun shine? Okay, that's a junior church question. And you're to be shouting as loud as you can right now all day. Even if, it's, even if it's behind the clouds, guess what? It's still there. How long does the sun shine? All day. Wow. Nothing can harm me. While the sun shines. Now, when it goes down, something else comes out. What else comes out? Uh, The moon. That's how you're supposed to do it. The moon does. How long is it out for? All night. All night. He's watching over me all day and all night. And when I need help, He's awake. When I need help, he's watching. When I need help, he is quick to respond. Amen. That's what the psalmist is telling us. What should we do? Understand, I need to submit to the lordship of Christ. I need to be yielded to the spirit of God. I need to be obedient to the word of God. Because all these things mean the same thing, that when I'm submitted completely to him and obedient to him in all ways, these things are true in my life. I can trust him. Amen. Verse number seven. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. In this life, in this ascension to heaven, in this pilgrimage I am making to heaven, I am preserved from all evil. Wow. Now, that does not mean that nothing bad will ever happen to you. but it means that he'll help me through the bad times when they do come. And more importantly, he will keep me from doing evil myself. Amen. We talk about bad things happening, and we mention of bad things happening, and bad things do happen Two people, there's no doubt about it. We live in a sin-stained, sin-scarred world where people have free will. And there are people who exercise their free will to do evil things. And sometimes they'll do those evil things to you. That happens. But God said, I'll preserve you in it if you will look to me if you look to me. But understand, there's something worse than having some evil person do some evil thing to you. We don't view it this way, but it's much worse. When we choose to do evil ourselves. Wow. Now, if I am... Submitted to the Lordship of Christ, yield to the Spirit of God and obedient to the Word of God. I don't have to worry about evil. Because it won't be a part of my life. Not the choices I'm making. It's when I get away from those things. When I decide that God is my co-pilot and I'm the one in charge. As when evil overtakes me. Do we get that? Do we understand that? Worse than having some evil person do something to me is me doing something evil. Me living in an evil way, sinning against God. This one out to help me every step of the way because then my foot's gonna sleep, gonna, gonna slip. Then my God, He'll preserve me when I confess and forsake, I'll never lose my salvation. But who knows what could happen, how far I could slip, how far I could go away when we get our eyes and hearts and minds off the God from whence we get all of our help. Amen. Psalms psalmist writes, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I trust. That's where your help comes from. Because it comes from nowhere else. So let me go back and ask the same question we asked at the beginning. Why are you here? What'd you come here for today? The answer is help. God told us where we could find it. He's got it. If there's anything you take away from this, remember those words. Submitted to the Lordship of Christ yielded to the Spirit of God, obedient to the Word of God. And all the promises here will be yours. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the help you are at all times. Lord, there are so many times that that you help us, that you preserve us, that we don't even know, we don't even see. But Lord, they are there. It helps to understand you are at work in our lives at all times. Lord, I pray that when we're tempted, we'll run right back to you. Submit to your lordship. Yield to the spirit of God and obedient to the word of God. Knowing that then and only then we are safe from evil. Guide, direct, and bless in every decision that we make. If there's anyone in our midst who has never trusted you as their personal savior, show them clearly they need Christ today. Show them that the only way they can be saved is to come to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith and receive you as Savior. Guide, direct, and bless. And every decision will thank you and will praise you for it. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, what, what would God have you to do today? Let me begin by asking, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know you're going to heaven? Do you know your sins are forgiven? Do you know you're making this pilgrimage with us to heaven with the help of Jesus Christ? Because you're saved. You say, Pastor, I am. Put your hand up as a testimony to that fact. I'm saved and I know it. Just slip your hand up, put it back down. Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Amen. Christian, our help is from the Lord. The creator of this universe. He can't help. He will help. He does help. But we recognize that help when we are truly submitted to his lordship, when we are yielded to the spirit of God, when we are obedient to his word all the time. You say, Pastor, God has spoken to my heart. I need to make sure that in my life I seek his help in all things, and I am those three things. Submitted, yielded, obedient. Pastor, pray for me. God has spoken to me today. Anyone like that? Put your hand up, put it back down. Amen. God bless you. Yes, amen, 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 amen. God bless you. Amen, amen. Our God, the only God, will help you every single moment of of every single day, unless we refuse his help by walking in our own way, by making him simply the co-pilot or giving him a place in our lives, that was to be preeminent in everything. You say, Pastor, I don't even know that I'm saved. I don't know that I've trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I don't know I'm going to heaven. I don't know that I'm saved. Anyone like that? Put your hand put it back down. I don't know. I'm not sure, Pastor. Pray for me. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Jesus Christ was sent to die on the cross in your place and for your sin. Talk about help. He's not aiding you in your being good to be saved, to get to heaven. He did the whole thing. He completed what needed to be done as he died on the cross for your sin penalty and said, it is finished. It was. He paid the price for your sin penalty, for my sin penalty, for the sins of the whole world. Now he says, come to me and be saved. And this morning, the invitation is open to you. Come to Jesus Christ and be saved. And you can know You're going to heaven. You can know your sins are forgiven, not because it's based on what you could do. It's based on what Jesus Christ did, and he did it all completely. Our Father, I pray that you'd bless now as we make these decisions. Lord, you've spoken to our hearts. You've encouraged us. You've uh, convicted us. You've worked in our heart to let us know what's true, that we might look to you for the help that we need in this life. Guide and direct and bless in every decision that is made. Learn for those who may not be saved in our midst. Show them this is their greatest need. You've already met that need, and you desire to lead them to heaven. Lord, bless now, and I pray they would come to know you as Savior. Work in all of our hearts and help us to leave here change today. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Let's all stand, grab a hymn book right in front of you, turn to page 366, 366. If God has spoken in your heart, we invite you to talk to God right now. If you need to speak to me about something, I'll be waiting for you right down front. If you need to be saved, come talk to me. If you need to be baptized, follow the Lord and believer's baptism, come talk to me. If you need to join our church, come talk to me right now. As we sing, you talk to God and make the decision he wants you to make right now. Verse number one, talk to God.